Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 318, episode 4 of Daily's Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is the half-assed, schools-out, teacher-show-and-movies episode of the Daily Zeitgeist. It's the last episode we recorded of the year, last main episode. We're still going to be releasing... Other episodes were recorded earlier over the coming days. We're still going to take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Don't worry. We're just going to uh, not give as much of a shit while we do it, I think, is generally the energy. Uh, we're not really talking about the news. We're talking Christmas. We got the Christmas fever, baby. It's Thursday, December 21st, 2023. It's solstice. Thursday, 20. 20- December 21st, 2023 at 7.27 p.m. Which time zone? I don't know, (laughs) co-host. I just realized that. It wouldn't be the fuck around, we don't give a shit episode if I had actually looked up which time zone. Mm, True. Just celebrate it on every every one of them. Yeah. Like the people who are New Year's completists. And they do every striking of midnight around the world. Oh, just like every hour on the hour until yeah. every time zone yeah. has observed it. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'll That's do fun, it. right? That's mm-hmm. a fun little celebration for people who are alcoholics and <laughs> just need to drink every hour on the hour for all of New Year's Day. I'm going to line up 24 different people to kiss. Are there even tw- are there 24 time zones? I guess I've never really thought about this. I think there are. I think I I have thought about that only because of kids, because they're fascinated by time zones. And I know that China has one big time zone, but for the most part, I think the world just is divided evenly into 24 time zones. Okay. That makes sense. Well, right? Shouldn't it I'm be? Gonna, I think so. If a, a day is 24 hours, I don't know. Who, whatever. Anyway, who I'm knows? Line, and we can't is, even know. And we'll we never know. There's know. no way of knowing. The point is, I'm going to line up however many time zones there are on planet people? Earth. I'm going to line up that many people and kiss each one 
Just give him a big kiss. A big for, wet for kiss. Your, for a New Year's sloppy kiss. Oh, you're going to get so much COVID. You're going to get <laughs> all the kinds of COVID, baby. Not Amazing. Me, I'm boosted. <laughs> I'm boosted. Miles and Jack got mad. Boosted. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. On the twelfth day of Christmas, the zeitgeist gave to me twelve plumpers plumping, eleven songs for miles, ten tweets I'm liking, nine trends a trend in eight dirigibles, seven turtles and tuna, six Lambos got to Santa University, four coal gas mentions, three Wexler sods, two Giants balls. And my jeans covered in PP. That is courtesy of Fighter of the Nightman, the AKA to end all AKAs. So much in there. So much in there. A lot to unpack. A lot to unpack, and we're not going to unpack unwrap. it. Or unwrap. Okay. Hey, like a it's Christmas, like a Christmas present. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Somebody <laughs> somebody retweeted the moment from Wet Hot American Summer where I think it's Michael Showalter's character is like, what an interesting way to wrap a present. Because <laughs> in movies, they just have the lid of a box wrapped and then the bottom of the box wrapped. They because, do do that. Yeah, because they don't want to do multiple takes where they have to, you know, rewrap the present or have multiple <sighs> things wrapped. So it's just Genius. like, oh, I just lift it off. Because... Wet Hot American Summer was a many take operation that David Wayne is like Kubrick. He oh does 145 a takes. <laughs> David every... Fincher. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone named David, any filmmaker named David is going to mm-hmm. be a real pain in the ass. Yes. Nonstop. I'm thrilled to be joined in my second seat by a very talented writer, stand-up comedian, podcast host of the Bechdel cast, which takes down the patriarchy one movie at a time. They also happen to have a master's degree in film and the most <gasps> anagrammable name in the English language. It's, it's Caitlin Durante! I wish I had a good anagram that was holiday-themed, but I don't. Well, Nine-Tit Dracula is the original holiday-themed. I, Dracula good... celebrate Christmas. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do. That's so, the ninth day of Christmas in, in many. Nine-tit Dracula. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Caitlin? I'm doing rather well. It's a rainy day here in Los Angeles. It and... is a rainy day in Los Angeles, and that means that the city, you you just wake up to the sound of sirens. And mm-hmm. the whole day, you if you have to drive that day, the city will be trying to kill you that entire day because Correct. people don't know how to drive in uh, wet weather in L.A. And also, I don't blame it all on the people. Also, there is this fine dirt that accumulates onto everything because it never rains. That uh-huh. It's just everything is dusty and dirty as fuck. And when it gets wet, it turns very slippery. So yes. it's a it's a very dangerous condition. And you just hear police sirens all day as people's bodies are collected <laughs> around the city. It's fucking terrifying. So be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I will rain I will rain out a indoor activity in Los Angeles. I'll just be like, yeah, we're not going to the museum today because it's LA and it's because you, you have to still get to the museum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, Caitlin, thank you for joining for the fuck around episode. Oh, happy to be here. Our biggest fuck around co-host. We had to have you. <laughs> and then, thank of you. course, the number one fuck around. Uh, no, that's not really true. The writer of this very show, along with Miles and I and our guests, write their own material. But this is the one that you don't get to hear from very often. Well, we have a very special Christmas treat for you because he's our guest today. It's J.M. McNabb. Hey, happy holidays. I'm I'm bringing it back. They said you couldn't say happy holidays anymore. (laughs) They did say that. And uh, sorry, I sounded mad when I said your name. I didn't mean to sound angry. Well, you gave it such a buildup. It sounded like you were going to say like Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Santa Clitz. Santa fucking claws him very self. And it's just me. Him very self. What? Yeah. So this is the end of the road for me. I'm dying. Uh, no, what? this is the end of the. <laughs> this is just Jesus. the end of a long the the Christmas episodes. We we record a lot of them, so mm-hmm. we're like doing three a days, four a days in some cases. And my words stop stop working, and yeah. so my words stop working. I think, people I think people don't so know funny. this, but we record the whole year in advance and just kind of <laughs> guess <laughs> what current on events are December. Yeah. <laughs> and Jam is he, he guesses guesses right a lot of the time. Yeah. Who's the nope. uh, no Nostradamus? Yeah, okay, who Nostradamus. was the guy? Nostradamus was like the yeah. guy who like in, like predicted everything. Yeah. yeah, he has a he has a great brand for being wrong about fucking everything. <laughs> like the branding around Nostradamus is crazy because he would just be like the the sun will engulf the the king of england in front of all of us and people are like well kind of it there it, there was I a mean... sunny day this year <laughs> and the king of england probably was out in the sun too much mm. anyways jam yeah. we're going to get to know you a little bit better okay we're also going to tell the listeners a couple of things we're talking about. It is traditional for this uh, Christmas episode to talk about Christmas gifts, Christmas presents we liked, when we, like uh, some of our favorites. We also like to talk about Christmas movies. I'm going to keep hammering my point that Christmas movies not horny enough. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll discuss Home Alone fan theories. We'll discuss horny Christmas songs. Just all around Christmas horniness seems to be the theme that has come up. But before that, we're going to talk about Christmas paganness because mm-hmm. a lot of Christmas traditions, as Caitlin has pointed out, come from pagan. And that is how you say that sentence. So we're going to talk about that. Uh-huh. Plenty more. <laughs> but first, JM, we do like to ask our guests. What is something from your search history well, that isn't porn? That isn't porn, oh, Jay. Okay, you're gonna have to give me a minute. Okay, <laughs> keep yeah. scrolling back. I looked through my search history, and it was it made me realize how kind of irrelevant and sad, and how like I have no interior life of my own because it was all stuff for work or stuff that I search for my kids because my kids are always asking me to search yeah. stuff. And so I was, I've been trying to keep things holiday related. So one thing they were asking me about is they've had a lot of questions about Santa this year. Mm. And like the other it, day, like starting to get suspicious. No, more just inquisitive, like questions that I didn't even really foresee, like going into it now that they're yeah. a little older. 
Like the other day at breakfast out of nowhere, my five-year-old just said, is Santa a god? I was like, (laughs) I mean, it's a great question. I think the answer is probably if you're going to take it that like if you're going to insist that Santa is real, then technically kind of they have to be right. Well, it makes sense because we're also like it's we have the Santa narrative, but we're also constantly telling them that like we don't believe in a God and aren't religious. It's like at a certain point, I think they're like, well, why don't you just structure your belief system around like this guy that we do know is magic and immortal (laughs) and giving us stuff every year. Like, let's build a temple to him. And uh, what are the ages? One's five and five. Yeah. Eight and five. So like almost the same as mine. And the eight year old still believes. Yeah, yeah, they're no, they're into it. But so, yeah, we wrote letters to Santa this year, which uh, like Canada Post here in Canada has a thing where you can write letters and you get a letter back. But the postal code is in Canada. Oh. And so they were saying like, well, why does it say the North Pole, Canada? And I said, oh, well, maybe the North Pole is like technically in Canada. I'm not really sure. And they were like, can you look it up? And I was like, okay. And so I looked it up. (laughs) Damn you, Google. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, it was a very confusing, complicated answer where like it's no one, it's not in any country by, you know, according to international law. But then a bunch of countries have been like trying to colonize the North Pole. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like there was uh, like Denmark actually like filed papers with the UN like 10 uh, years ago to try to do Denmark. it. Denmark. You gotta. You yeah. Gotta and they did it right before Christmas. It was like a week before Christmas. They were trying to like occupy Santa's workshop. Wow. wow. But and Canada has been trying to do it and Russia. They're all trying to get at the North Pole. So it was a really complex uh, geopolitical answer. And then by the time I looked it up, my kids had moved on to something else and didn't care. Yeah, about. Mm-hmm. that's good. So that's yeah. a, a little peek into the chaos of my life. Well, that has me thinking about how for like families who are raising their kids in like a very like a non-religious secular home, is there a kind of Santa counterpart that is like not that doesn't hinge on like this magical, mystical, almost godlike narrative? Like, can it just be like, hey, I'm Santa, your dad. (laughs) Or just like a Dead regular Santa. <laughs> and you know how he gets those gifts. It ain't magic. It's busting his rear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like those are the main options, right? Santa or come on, you know, you know, Santa. My, my mm. seven year old this year gave me he did. He didn't say I don't believe in Santa. He gave me the room to tell him the truth. He said, whoa, it's. It's interesting. Sometimes I've thought maybe Santa is just you guys leaving presents while I'm asleep the night before Christmas. Okay. And And how did you respond? Meaningful pause. (laughs) And I I said, oh, yeah. Huh. That's how I responded. Like a like a dad. <laughs> okay, so he was uh, he he was opening up space for you to tell the truth. Tell the truth. Withheld. I did not. The yeah, truth. I withheld the truth. I lied. Tight. Yeah. Just back. Lied by omission. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I backed through a wall. I backed away so hard that there's just a me-shaped hole in the wall in the room. So at least I didn't like yell at him for thinking he's so smart or something which was 
Like I there's mean, a voice in my head. Like I think it was my grandmother who w- wanted me to do that. You're like, oh, so you think you're smarter than me? You think you what? You think you figure something out? Mm. But I didn't do that. Is your grandma Joe Pesci? <laughs> yeah, actually, a little bit, <laughs> not far. Nana Pesci. <laughs> yeah, Nana Pesci. Not a fan of my nonsense. What is uh, what's something you think is overrated, Jam? Okay, sticking with the holiday theme, uh, I'm gonna say candy canes. Okay. Has anyone ever right. bought a candy cane? No one wants candy canes. <laughs> they are they are mainly it's it does seem like if you told me candy canes are actually like making money for some like secret government subsidy or you know that there was some reason for them to exist, I would I would be like that finally makes sense to me. The yes. existence and continued popularity of candy canes does not make sense to me. However, I have already voiced this opinion, which I don't know. Did you write that opinion for me? You're, you, you do write for the show. <laughs> I don't maybe. think so. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do I actually like candy canes? And I was just writing. Uh, I was just reading what you wrote for me. <laughs> but I, I don't like candy canes. I don't love peppermint candy. My kids have been kind of coming to that conclusion and so it like reinforced it where they're like discovering oh these things suck yeah mm-hmm. and and as i voiced that i have been berated by some tdz fans oh, who shit. in in multiple instances they reached out to me on twitter and like offered to do like in a dueling context <laughs> and were like i demand sir that you give me the room to defend the good name of candy canes. And so instead of doing that, I I had you on to commiserate with me about how (laughs) candy canes suck shit. Or take the heat. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I like minty things, but like there, you know, there's no, first of all, there's no good way to eat it. Like it gets all sticky when you're holding it. It's got that weird wrapping. Very impractical to eat. Yeah. Hard to unwrap. The worst shape for a food that you're supposed Mm -hmm. to lick. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Just a cane-shaped, awful yeah. product. I was yeah. looking up, trying to look up how they came to be, and like, there's a myth. I don't know if this is true, but they said that they were created to like silence choir children in churches in like the 1600s. I don't know if that's true. Wow. But, that's uh, funny. <laughs> literally, just everything's keep just small children quiet. Children <laughs> really Get them is. To stop asking so many damn questions about Santa Claus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You <laughs> shut your mouth around this. But yeah, it they are very difficult to unwrap. That that uh can't that <laughs> guys are you I don't okay? Know. <laughs> not not really. Candy canes and wrapping paper, I feel like both are wrapped by the same plastic in the same plastic meth- method. Just like shrink wrapped mm. and with zero like zero room for you to like dig in there, you know? Mm. It's yeah. That's true. And while we're okay. on the topic of wrapping paper, how much wrapping paper gets wasted, not just from like discarded, like after a gift has been unwrapped and then you just like are wastefully throwing away this, but also like you're cutting the wrapping paper to like fit the size and shape of yeah. the gift you're wrapping. So there's all these like little excess pieces that aren't big enough to do anything with. And then those go to waste. Yeah. Oh, wrapping I Wrapping paper, yeah. bad. Wrapping paper, bad. You can cut those up and put them in a confetti cannon. 
is what <gasps> oh, for, for New Year's. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Recycle there, your there you used go. wrapping paper. I think instead of wrapping paper, we should have blindfolds. <laughs> just, you know, mm, you go, go to the those source. Reusable. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. reusable. And plus, your kids might like fall asleep. <laughs> and that will shut them, them up too. That yeah. will yeah. shut <laughs> them the fuck up and they will stop asking questions about Santa Claus. It was like not they would either invent candy canes or like invent the ether soaked rag. It was like one <laughs> of the two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, what is something that you, Caitlin, you don't like uh, peppermint candy canes, like the taste, any any of that stuff? I'm not a big peppermint candy fan myself. Personally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're. I'm sorry, Zykang, that I didn't get better representation for you. Maybe next Christmas. I'm making lots of promises about next Christmas to, to Zykang. We're going to do a top five episodes where I actually let you guys vote next year. And also, uh, I will I will have one of you on to defend the good name of peppermint candy canes. One thing that is super intriguing to me that we did learn during the holiday episodes this year was that you can just stick a candy cane, like a regular street grade candy cane, <laughs> into an orange and suck on it, and it will become a straw and suck up orange juice. What? What? How? Yeah, I, I changed how? my mind. I like candy canes. Right? Now. And they say it's like really delicious, even though those two things don't seem like they should work together because orange juice toothpaste so such a bad fit. But for some reason, like this actually just makes the orange juice like sweeter. I guess it's the way that the, can the candy cane is like pulled lengthwise. And so it like creates little air pockets. And then because of the acidity of the orange juice, it is like burning burning holes up the and, up the cane. Okay, but what about when you like brush your teeth with minty toothpaste and then yeah, drink orange juice and it tastes horrible? Tastes like yeah, the worst. True. The worst, yeah. That for some reason that does, that principle does not apply. It huh. might be the other chemicals in toothpaste that are causing oh. that, which is why I don't trust toothpaste. Brush your teeth with candy canes. It's all that <laughs> fentanyl. <you>. That's yeah. <laughs> fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's also funny that can candy cane, like canes, are the thing. Because they were like clearly invented at a time when like people were still like, suffering from polio and uh, mm. things like that and it was just like what what would kids like <laughs> well i think well, what according like assistive device can <laughs> yeah. we turn into candy yeah i according mm. to the that myth that i read it was supposed to resemble like a shepherd's cane and not not a polio oh. cane. not a polio <laughs> cane hey i mean tomato tomato that makes more sense well speaking of oranges here's a, a, a christmasy time candy that i can get on board with is those chocolate orange candies you Love know what i'm them. talking about yeah, with yeah. are you talking about the dried oranges dipped in chocolate or are you talking about just the things no. that are chocolate are orange flavored chocolate shaped like Sh a yeah. orange and like sectioned off into different like orange yes. sections but made entirely of chocolate but like flavored with like orange flavoring so it's like yes. orange flavored chocolates so there was a list of the worst christmas candies published this year that did not contain 
candy canes did contain those, and I was no, wrong. furious. I think that that's is... actually where my candy cane anger initially arose. I was, uh-huh. It was like, but me that day was like Michael Douglas and falling down. I was just walk, <laughs> walking the city of Los Angeles, <laughs> pulling candy school. canes out of children's mouths and <laughs> snapping them in half. Yeah, Ooh. I was fucking pissed, you guys. And that's why you're not welcome at the mall anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> what uh let's take a quick break actually and we'll be right back enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. And we're back. And JM, we're still we're still getting to know you, and we want to know what's something you think underrated. Uh, okay, sticking on the the Christmas theme, I I'm gonna say Bob Dylan's Christmas album. Have, have you ever heard that? No. Mm, it's, Wait, the one that like came out recently? No, it came out like fifteen years ago, maybe. That and by recently, I do mean fifteen years. Oh, okay. Ago. <laughs> I mean like not. It wasn't like young Bob Dylan sings the Christmas blues. It no, was, no, this was like, old Bob Dylan sounding yeah. like the devil himself uh, <laughs> singing Christmas songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I kind of love, just because. And I, I, most people in my family hate it and uh humor me by listening to it but it is so bizarre like i still can't believe it even really exists but it's also like half the songs are really well done in earnest and then half of them he sounds drunk and like he doesn't give a shit it's kind of amazing i heard somebody recently say that he is like our greatest living functional heroin addict which i i don't know that i had ever heard that i assumed he did not do drugs, and that's how he was able to be 
112, I think he I don't know how old he is. He's, <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's 82. Very... I saw oh, him in concert really like a couple months ago. Yeah. yeah, that might be heroin. <laughs> he looks so fucking old. Holy shit. I can't believe he's 82. He does, he does not look like a, a healthy 82. Wow. No. But uh, yeah, his Christmas album, I think it's worth, I mean, it's just, it's odd and it doesn't sa- sound good. So I understand why people don't like it, but I do appreciate the kind of shit disturbing punk rock energy of it, even though it's like very like, like the arrangements are very classical. Like it sounds like a Bing Crosby record, but then on top of it, the vocals are like, like Tom Waits is, you yeah. know, like a Tom Waits cover band singer, like murdered Bing Crosby and took over his <laughs> album. Uh, and I kind of love that. Have yourself. Yeah. Just really croaking the things out at this point. <laughs> but I like to, I like some of his later stuff. It, the thing I was thinking of is must be Santa. Yes. Which I think we wrote about at cracked was that like this bizarre Christmas video that like just seemed like a fever dream at the time. And I was like, that's recent, uh, 14 years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of Joe Pesci, your grandmother, Jack, (laughs) do you know about Joe Pesci's Christmas album? No. He's, it's a thing. It's a real thing. And you're going to want to listen to it. Everybody turn this off right now. Go listen to Joe Pesci's Christmas album. It's, Nuts. The original podcast. <laughs> he, I typically associate him with not being the most Christmassy guy in the world. I typically associate him with robbing people's houses during Christmas and flooding them. Mm, so, well, he contains multitudes. I guess so. <laughs> also, he and it's Marv and Harry are, yeah. are the characters. Yeah. I think. They really love each other. I just noticed that on the most recent Aww. like rewatch of Home Alone. Like they like an old married couple, but yeah. they just love each other. Like there's a great deal of the the way Joe Pesci looks at him is he like he's just like ah you old son of a bitch. But he like the the That's fact beautiful. that they're together that he stays with somebody as stupid as Daniel Stern's character. Like, mm-hmm. it just implies this deep bond that makes you kind of root for them a little bit. And that is something that I don't think people take away enough from that movie. Yeah. All they take wow. away is uh, the damn Christmas presents and Kevin and... Oh, Ke- oh he booby-trapped his house. Isn't he yeah. so clever? I talked about this on a recent episode, but man, the second one is so violent. I see. I haven't seen that one nearly as often as the first one. (laughs) If anybody knows the origin, and maybe I I should ask the two of you. I I mean, Caitlin, film major, JM, I have a master's degree. I film masters, film master. I apologize. I just, I just have an undergrad and degree in film. But you also would yeah. be the type of person who would know the details about how Home Alone 2 was written. I am very curious because the movie is heading in the direction of him weaponizing FAO Schwartz. Like the robbers are going to rob FAO Schwartz or, you know, what Duncan's toy chest, as it's called in the movie. Mm-hmm. He catches them at like in the act and he has to protect them. 
And it's like all set up for him to booby trap and like attack them with toys, which was like the fun, endearing part of the first one was that he like used his toys to attack Mm -hmm. them. But then instead of doing that, he lures them into a murder house and just murders (laughs) them over and over and over again. Yeah. Instead of micro machines, it's like, what if bricks? (laughs) Yeah. What if I threw Mm. bricks Mm. from five stories up directly and the the corners hit you in the head, <laughs> like the corners of bricks Ouch. hit you in the head multiple times. And then like I used power tools. Well, to the first fucking one's very shoot violent. you with nail guns. The first one, like he steps, uh, one of them steps on a nail, probably gets tetanus. Oh, um, yeah. One of them like scalp gets burned off yeah. with a blowtorch. Someone gets an iron in the face. Yeah, they're, they're violent movies. The, the, the first one. So their thing was like, we have to, and maybe this is just like screenwriting one hundred and one. Film master, please let me know. Mm-hmm. But I'm ready. I'm ready. I know you have to heighten, <laughs> right? But the way that they chose to heighten is like, okay, instead of getting hit by a paint can, they get hit by a giant like metal bar that would shatter every bone in their face which is like turn their skulls into jelly like right you know like all of the things that they get smashed by that like they they have a hot iron fall on their face or something in the first one this time it's a bag of cement that is like has a hundred pounds written on it so like would kill them (laughs) yeah 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 so like it's just such a specific choice that they uh, of like how to how to heighten. So I guess my question is like if anybody was has insight into the notes process, I feel like there is a first draft of that script where he's like shooting them with nerfs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they watched it and like they were like, ah, it's not big enough. It's not big enough. Like mm-hmm. we need to invent this rich uncle's house that is abandoned (laughs) that he can just like fucking take them to and just murder them over and over like so they do that head on fire thing again and then he fills the toilet with kerosene and like the whole house goes up in flames it's because his head's on fire and then he sticks it in sticks it in the toilet and the whole house like (laughs) just explodes in a ball of flame I but then, like, it, nobody dies and the house mm. doesn't burn down because, you know, it's a Christmas miracle. But mm. anyways, it's it, please somebody rewatch <laughs> Home Alone 2 and let me know that I'm not crazy because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Like, it's the whole thing just is wild. Yeah. No, I, have, sounds... I have a partial explanation for this. Yeah. If you're, it doesn't Good explain filmmaking. everything. But I heard you talk about this in the podcast. Yeah. And I thought I'd look into it. And I couldn't really find out that much information, but I remembered something I'd written for Cracked a long time ago about the talk boy. Remember, like, the tape recorder that he used? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That was, like, that was uh, retro-engineered from the idea that they were like, okay, let's invent a toy for Kevin to have, and that'll be, like, the hot new Christmas toy. We can sell a bunch of them if we, you know, partner with a toy company. Yeah. And so the first idea they had was to have him have some kind of a toy gun that I imagine he would use on the Wet Bandits somehow mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. But then someone was like, hey, John Hughes, I know you spent 
a day and a half writing the script, but uh, <laughs> this kid is not going to be able to take a toy gun, even pre 9-11, onto an airplane right. and fly to New York. So uh, they changed it to a tape recorder. But I imagine yeah. that may have been, there may have been more toys as weapons if he could have brought his toys with him. Mm. Oh, okay. But he has the whole fucking toy store at his disposal, Jam. That's He's, true. He wasted all his money toys. on turtle doves. Right. Like, can't, <laughs> you can't kill a man with turtle doves. Like, truly a profound lack of imagination for, like, fun things to do with toys by the writers of that movie. Because, yeah, when he gets to go to the toy store, they don't even give him, like, a fun Tom Hanks and big scene, really. Mm, it, yeah. He just gets, yeah, he gets two Christmas ornaments. Like, two from the doves. guy... These are two turtle doves, and you give them to someone, and it symbolizes friendship. Oh, you mean Do like you think a that old man bracelet? thought he was gonna get it from? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> He's like, oh, you're gonna give it to the uh, bird lady? Okay, well, yeah. No, I guess By the way, the birds. That woman, a hundred percent, would have preferred cash. Cash. <laughs> like, yeah, what's she gonna yeah, do with that turtle dove? Mm -hmm. Oh, great! So I have these fake birds that <laughs> go like he runs out of the biggest suite in the the finest hotel in New York and runs down and gives her two turtle doves <laughs> while she's there with like a bunch of beautiful live birds. He's like here's a here's a fake one. She's like, "Oh. Got to go okay. have brunch like, now, sorry." <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for money? brunch. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They are wow. so rich. It's crazy. The yeah. it's the whole thing is really like a yeah Donald like Don I feel like Donald Trump not only appears in that movie but like took a pass on that movie. <laughs> they gave him the script and they he's like, let I've him got some notes. A, yeah, I, <laughs> make I've them got richer. Some notes. Make them richer. The only thing that makes sense in this movie is that the parents sit in first class and their kids are in coach. That's the only <laughs> thing about this that makes sense. Maybe it was just like a nice Christmas movie. And then he was like, is there a scene where a small child throws bricks at poor people? <laughs> right. Like, I guess we could put that in the end of the movie. It seems a little well, out of place. Of course. That's what that's what people are going to, you know, that's, that's, that's what Christmas you train is all your about. Kids. That's, what you, that's what you do with your kids on Christmas. He had a different accent back then. I'm not doing Trump accents. All right, guys, leave me alone. Wait. <laughs> Caitlin. Yeah. Christmas, the Christmas tradition, the Christmas spirit mm -hmm. is all about celebrating birth of baby Jesus Christ. And it is historically accurate. This is Jesus' birthday. And mm -hmm. that's why we have the tree inside our house. The end. Um. Yes? Correct. And we can move on to the next <laughs> we segment. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I wanted to, I have a little segment called Caitlin's Christmas Corner. Caitlin's Christmas Corner! Wow. Yeah! I'll come back next year for another one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm inviting myself. Oh, sorry. It's a 45-minute guitar solo now. Uh, so it's just everybody sit back. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this might be, I think this is becoming more common knowledge than it was. But if anyone doesn't know, many Christmas traditions are actually rooted in pagan traditions, festivities, celebrations, etc. And I thought that would be particularly fitting to talk about as today is 
winter solstice, or it will be at 7.27 p.m. time zone question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Could have already passed by the time. It could have happened by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? But anyway, so um, yes, many Christmas traditions that we currently observe are actually pagan. And pagan in this context just refers to, you know, like the ancient polytheistic pre or non-Christian people that were around many hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. Before the birth of Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. So there are a bunch of celebrations from around the world that were celebrated around this time of year that likely inspired present-day Christmas traditions. I'm only going to focus on a couple of these, starting with the ancient Romans who celebrated something called Saturnalia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They were celebrating the Roman god of agriculture, Saturn, and they were celebrating the kind of like ending of the planting season and the and the harvest. This was usually celebrated between the 17th and 24th of December. They were these traditions. Let, let me say this. The Romans, they knew how to party. The celebrations mm-hmm. were quite raucous, way more so than traditional like Christian Christmases. There was like public gambling there was drinking there was just basic like general public debauchery happening the gambling really got like weeded out because you know hanukkah has gambling like my, my kids brought the dreidel home and we ended up spending an hour just like gambling crayons Mm-hmm. And I ended up cleaning their ass out, and it was very, it was wonderful. <laughs> nice, but <Hell> yeah. uh, <laughs> but they like it made me realize how much we're missing a good gambling inspired tradition in like true, like modern day Christmas traditions. Right? There isn't yeah. really one. I mean, I guess you're no. gambling with you know people's hearts and with your heart with the fucking mistletoe you know Mm -hmm. you're gambling that some pervert's gonna be uh, (laughs) hiding behind that dang mistletoe you know you're gambling with you know here's a problem i have i'm not a very good gift giver in the sense that i often don't know what to get people so i'm like maybe they'll like this and that's a gamble where i'm just like i hope you like this shitty thing (laughs) and you do say that you were (laughs) at our uh white elephant gift exchange Uh and you did say i hope you like this shitty thing (laughs) as you gave it out (laughs) yeah 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 i write that on all my christmas cards (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so there was so there were these celebrations that were happening around the same time that, you know, modern day Christmas is at least is it Orthodox Christians that celebrate it in like January. Anyway, the point is this was happening in ancient Rome. Meanwhile, Norse people were celebrating Yule also around this time of year. They were celebrating the birth of the sun, you know, the of days God. starting. Jesus Christ. The- <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm yes, sorry. Yes. Yes. That's a different spelling of sun. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. A different is the S U N. The S U N. At winter solstice or post winter solstice, yeah. the days start to get longer again, or there's more sunlight. So they're celebrating this. 
These festivities lasted for 12 days. Maybe that's where the 12 days of Christmas comes from. Ever think about that? Mm. (laughs) Ever think about that, Jim? (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't. (laughs) And people would get together for feasting and drinking. They would eat a big ham. Okay. Think about that as well. They would decorate a Yule tree and light a Yule log. Oh, so this is just Christmas. This is where so we got it. This is just it literally cri- like we just like other, ripped their ass off completely. For sure. Other yeah. So what you're things, saying is a Christian t- must have time traveled back and yeah. brought mm. all of these customs. Yeah. Yes, to mm. them. Yeah. Pretty m- exactly. Yes. In accordance with teaching of Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. And then yeah. we've got other things like, you know, decorating with holly, exchanging gifts, caroling, singing, uh, kissing under the mistletoe. These are all rooted in pagan traditions celebrating these like winter solstice holidays. Also, yeah. Santa Claus was is thought to be at least partly uh, inspired by Odin. Yeah, he's got worshiped. Norse vibes. He's, yeah, giving, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. serving up Odin big he's time. He's got this big, long, white beard. You know, he would ride through the skies on an eight-legged horse. People think that that might have been, like, then kind of translated to eight reindeer that Santa Claus would fly around on. Anyway. Is, I like the presentation of this because it's like, people think that maybe it could be related <laughs> To Santa Claus, he would ride across the sky on an eight-legged horse, and Santa rides across the sky on eight mm-hmm. reindeer. Huh? I'm not sure if you're seeing nah. the connection, but it's possible. <laughs> no. There, like, I can see the similarities, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm just trying to be diplomatic, you know. Um. <laughs> anyway, so. When Christian leaders were trying to convert everyone in Europe, uh, basically, to Christianity around the 5th century, they realized it would be easier to convert the pagans to Christianity if they let them keep these traditions. So Christians basically, like, co-opted or appropriated the traditions and attached them to the celebration of the birth of Jesus, which also many— historians believe was not actually born on December 25th, but that was just close to when the pagans were celebrating these winter solstice festivities. And so that's why all of these Christmas traditions that we currently participate in actually have nothing to do with Christianity and have everything to do with these ancient yeah. celebrations and religions. Okay, can you guys hold on for a sec? I got to go throw all my decorations in the garbage. <laughs> yes. This is built on lies. You're very anti-pagan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah I am gonna, I'm going to bring in a wicker man instead of uh, <laughs> the tree. <laughs> it's um like the two big Christian holidays just happen to be to overlap with mm. the like big times that people celebrated like of of all cultures like there's almost always a time of year when people are like this is the time that it's cold it's cold other days this is the like day the earth is trying to kill us the most <laughs> and so we do the most like insulting thing we can to it and like cut off one of its trees and like take it inside burn it yeah <laughs> burn it <laughs> to be like fuck you we we rule you can't kill us we deserve to be warm yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. And then the Easter one is like the, you know, the fertility stuff. Yes. So it's all, it's all, we, we're not No, Jesus dying new. had everything to do with rabbits and yes. eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hiding the eggs, et cetera. Yeah. That, there's that famous part where they like go and like look under his feet when he's on the cross and like under his little sash thing and there's like <laughs> colorful eggs in in there. And, uh-huh. Yeah, but all right. Yes, I, I'm not convinced. But do you have any any more evidence? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like bullshit to um, me, Caitlin. Well, I well the other thing I do want to talk about is the beloved Christmas flower. Commonly known as poinsettias, poinsettias. I don't know how to say it. I don't either. And I'm here to drop some truth at (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Ready? Okay. Oh, shit. And this part will be delivered as a rap, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I I wrote a rap for this. And and someone please drop the beat. It goes a little something like this. (laughs) Hit it! Okay, so the the flowers commonly known as poinsettias, they are native to Mexico and are known by their original name of Cuetlasochils. They historically have been cultivated by and held cultural significance for Mexica people. I'm going to quote something from hiplatina.com. Quote, community members decorated their temples with the Cuetlasochil as an offering to help reignite the light of Mother Earth. This was done during winter solstice on the birthday of, and here is the name of a Mexica god of sun and war that I will not pronounce correctly, but Quetzalcoatl. I'm not even going to try. Um, no, you nailed it. I, think, I didn't yeah. even finish it. Thank you no, so much. No, you though. gave up halfway through. But the part <laughs> I did, that you I did. pronounced, you, you nailed it. It has so many syllables, and I'm simply, um, it would be a, 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 just a disservice if I tried to attempt it again. Anyway, so this god of sun and war, they were celebrating the birthday of him. And so that's kind of like the cultural significance of these flowers. Now, the reason they're called poinsettias is because a slave owner and colonizer named Joel Poinsett, he was out there colonizing whatever land that he could, and he came across these flowers in Mexico and started shipping them back to his home in North Carolina. And then so these flowers came to be named poinsettias in his honor but there are a lot of people who are campaigning to have these flowers be called by their original indigenous name Quetla so chill so that Quetla so is chill my, uh, it is so chill jo- yeah joel poinsett <laughs> okay off, man okay joel <laughs> cool job man <laughs> well cool job by you caitlin because hey, that was thanks. great and now i'm gonna as Jam said, go throw all of my Christmas decorations off of the top of a building at mm-hmm. Robbers. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, so another thing <laughs> that I think is worth noting about Christmas and that lends Christmas its power but doesn't get talked about a, a lot is that this is a uh, fuck season, folks. It's the horniest time of year. This is, studies have shown the... Time that the most babies get conceived. This is wow. the 
birthday capital of the year is September, uh, which is nine months from right now. So this is when a lot of the people of Earth be fucking. It's like essentially humanity's unspoken breeding season. (laughs) And yeah, I think I like first realized this when doing like a article on times of the year and like I, I don't know. I was like, why doesn't anybody talk about the fact that like Christmas and New Year's is like the time everybody's having sex? But then it like r- really makes all the stuff make sense, like why Christmas songs are as horny as they are mm-hmm. and why love actually is seen as a good movie were the two <laughs> things that I was like, oh, OK. So like because it's like the Christian sort of over to like surface text that gets written on top of Christianity is like it's family and chaste and mm-hmm. but like deep down Christmas is freaky as fuck and so like that you know you can hear it in the music but even like the Mariah Carey song like I was just listening to the lyrics for that and like that song is she is like threatening to ruin Christmas if she can't fuck this person. She's like, <laughs> I'm not going to like put up any decorations. Like uh, this. I mean, that person is me. Like, right. And song. it's me so, addressing so, me. Yeah. Which oh, great feeling for all of us. <laughs> but I feel like for a long time, Christmas music has just been allowed to be horny on Maine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The movies, I, I feel like, are a little bit lacking in that respect, but it, it does bleed through sometimes. And so we wanted to talk about some kind of underrated horny aspects of Christmas movies. I like, I've said this before, but I don't think love actually is a good movie, but I think it is the only movie where the explicit subjects are Christmas and horniness. Like it's the one that's like, this is a series of love stories and it's all based around Christmas and, so there you go. It's uh, every- but not based on love. They're like no. All these people are horny for each other. Exactly. Yeah. But then Conflating it's a man with- mansplaining his horniness to you by being like, "Actually, I'm in love with <laughs> it's you." Love, and it's like, actually, well, it's called love. <laughs> when I have yeah. an erection, that equals love. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. So jam. You yeah. you kind of dug into because you were telling us as we were talking about this subject, you're saying that a Toronto theater is like screening Eyes Wide Shut as a Christmas movie. A couple of this them year. were. Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing it literally Friday night. Wow. Tomorrow night in uh, at the New Beverly as a part of its like Christmas programming. <laughs> Yeah, I love it, that. It went very quickly from like people kind of joking, like, oh, Eyes Wide Shut is a Christmas movie, to like, oh no, it's it's part of the Christmas canon now. <laughs> Eyes yeah. Wide Shut. Which I mean, I, it I ends with them Christmas shopping, right? And talking about fucking each other. The main thing, the main kind of rift between the couple happens at a Christmas party. I mean, we've all been there. Like, we've and all then, yeah. lived this story. Right. The climactic Fidelio party is very similar to Christmas parties that I go to. (laughs) You know, that's just how we get down. Brag. Uh huh. (laughs) But so I I like that. I like people need to start making horny Christmas movies 
mm-hmm. yesterday. Though, because- like, like I said in the doc, like I don't actually think this movie is is motivated by horniness. Weirdly, it's 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 the thing that drives the movie is like Tom Cruise's sad kind of pathetic like just male insecurity insecurity yeah because his wife said that she was horny and he's like i'm gonna go do something about it and he never does he just yeah has one failure after Sexual another utility yeah. yeah which is so funny <laughs> i people that don't say say they don't like that movie i i feel like don't get how funny it is or don't you know walk into it thinking that it's going to be funny because yeah. i find so many things in that movie very funny like how he whenever he goes places he pulls out like his wallet and shows his medical ID as if it were like a, a badge. As yeah. If he was like an FBI agent. I'll take it from here, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. What? I, yeah. Okay. I find it the whole thing very, very. Amusing. Yeah. It is. I feel like Stanley Kubrick was like, I'm going to humiliate this little fuck. Like <laughs> and that was, that was his thesis statement for uh, eyes wide shut. Although I think, I think sexual insecurity and, all that stuff is tied up in in the horniness of it all. I think that's a part, a side of the coin of horniness. I guess so. I mean, but it's it's a movie full of sex where like the main character never actually has yeah. sex, even though he keeps yeah. trying and failing and yeah. looking like an idiot. I mean, relatable much? I know, right? <laughs> Thank you. I bet I would be willing to gamble that Tom Cruise's character pretty horny by the end of that film. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so some underrated horny classics. We, I, one that you pointed out, JM, that I, I was not familiar with. I've never seen The Grinch. Jim Carrey's The Grinch. I think it's called just The Grinch. There's also Benedict Cumberbatch's The Grinch. Mm. I think that one's is, just called The Grinch. The Jim Carrey yeah. one, I think, is still called How the Grinch Stole How Christmas. Yeah. Stole Christmas. I mean, it's it's bad. It's real bad. <gasps> the movie's bad. Yeah. Okay gasp but it's the who's are freaky (laughs) freaky as hell in that movie yes i watched some scenes and they are having key parties like when he is delivered oh my gosh that's right yeah okay which i would yeah i wouldn't have like picked up on that that's what that was like as a kid or even just now unless you explain (laughs) to me what a key party was but (laughs) also a key party where they're blasting smash mouth uh-huh. I didn't remember. Yeah. And I mean uh, green people such as the Grinch and Smash Mouth go hand in hand because yes. how does Shrek end? Oh. Smash Mouth. And how does it begin? Yeah. Smash Shrek, Shrek is never ended. far from Smash Mouth. <laughs> the Smash Mouth is never uh, far far afield in, in the world of Shrek. Exactly. There's also a subplot where like Christine Baranski is like his unrequited love interests. But like she kind of likes him too because oh, he's she's green super into and green yeah. is a Christmas color. <laughs> so she's just full Christmas person. <laughs> yeah, and at one point he does like stick his face in her boobs in front nice. of the whole town. So Die Hard, the, I'm not sure Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Like somebody, I heard somebody pose the question like, would this movie be significantly diminished if it if it happened on like July fourth, and it would be diminished, it wouldn't be like significantly diminished, I guess. But mm. it, you know, I don't know. It's but I would say still horny because I would argue that Bruce Willis's main motivation for 
you know, taking down Hans Gruber and minions is not necessarily that he's like, wow, I have to keep all these people safe. He's trying to win back his, his wife. wife. Who she who is who like so kind horny of for. wandering to Alice, one of the yeah. great horny characters. <laughs> Just co- cocaine horniness embodied <laughs> in a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he is like I've always found it weird. This is maybe the movie like the movie I've seen the most besides Jaws. And it always st- stuck out to me that he has to convince himself out loud not to jack off multiple times in the movie. Like when he <laughs> like as he's hi- running around hiding <laughs> from the terrorists on the building, mm-hmm. he like sees sees like a naked a poster of a naked woman. And he's like, ah, not now, ladies. Or like he sees a woman like changing a building nearby. And he's like, ah, I can't. God, I really want to jack off right now in the middle of this 9-11 level terror attack. But I just can't let myself do it. He's a professional. (laughs) He's a professional, exactly. But it's Okay, first of all, Jack, they they were not terrorists. They were robbers. That's Uh, right. I actually wrote a paper about Die Hard for a class on terrorism. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever said we were terrorists? <laughs> Fucking you did. That was your whole that was your whole thing, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? But also, yeah, the movie like is also about Bruce Willis climbing a giant phallus, which uh-huh. and eventually oh. the tip explodes at the end. Like yeah. it's it's very Freudian. And I think it is about like this pent up sexual frustration because we also know that he's been separated from holly and they they cleverly show us in the beginning of the movie that he's not unfaithful to her that he probably hasn't had sex in a long time because the limo driver argyle suggests that he could help him like pick up some women while he's in town he's like no no i'm married i wouldn't do that so yeah yeah it's just like yeah it's just it's blue balls the movie yeah bruce willis at christmas wait her Um, name is holly yeah. Okay. Christmas. Yeah. Deck, deck the hall. Wow. Deck the hall. Yeah. Maybe that movie wouldn't Holy. work. He he always has to turn like in the second one, which is about Holly is in a giant phallus flying through the sky and can't mm-hmm. can't land until he blows up a phallus with a bunch of terrorists. This time, I think actual terrorists. Oh no! Also, also thieves on it. And then he shouts, there's your fucking landing light, Holly. But they clearly, I would say that the fact that the second one also takes place at Christmas is evidence that at least the filmmaker and the fact that it takes place around the most phallic technology that we all encounter the most on our day to day basis. Airplanes are just giant dicks like that leads me to believe that the filmmakers were aware both that of the importance of Christmas and the importance of horniness to the appeal of the film mm-hmm. right. they did release it at, on july 4th but they were like it's got to be christmas again guys sorry huh yeah all right in fact i think that was when the original director came back and did the third one i think that was the his only uh it couldn't be christmas point. yeah he's like i'm not doing christmas again <laughs> yeah, like guys it doesn't doesn't makes so little sense already Is is that the one where it's like basically a Saw movie where some like the villains like, let's play a game and then they have to like solve a bunch of puzzles? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nice. But it's all get this a distraction because they're trying to rob something. It's (gasps) it's wild. 
you'd think that like that would also be a thing where they're like, maybe not this time. Maybe they're actually terrorists because like the the whole bait and switch of it all makes mm. it seems like they keep getting away with that. I hope. Uh... I hope when that director dies, they use like George Lucas technology to make that movie Christmas. Like just put <laughs> CGI jackets on everybody and lights. Yeah. And... Uh-huh. Samuel L. Jackson's dressed as Santa Claus the whole time. <laughs> well, shit. JM, such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Thanks for where, where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess I'm on Twitter still, but... I mean, who who wants to go to Twitter? It's not even called that anymore. But I'm at uh, JM McNabb again on there. I think I have a Blue Sky account. I haven't checked it in a while. One thing I'll promote, which I never do, is uh, some music I've made is on hey. uh, Spotify and things, which I never promote. But we're not even really a band anymore. But uh, I, I would appreciate it if you if you checked it out and, and clicked on it. And you don't even have to listen to it. But I think I get like a nickel or something every time the album gets a played. A million uh, people listen to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the band is called Vista Vision with a V. Nice. Uh, so well, you can check that out on uh, on music platforms. There you go. We will link off to Very it in cool. the footnotes. Footnotes. Is there a work of media besides your own that you've been enjoying? Oh, you know what I was going to I was gonna point to for this is just uh, I saw on... on uh, whatever Twitter is now that uh, it's Twitter. John, it's still Twitter. It's still, still Twitter. Okay, if you good. type Twitter, it will take you there. So. Mm-hmm. I saw John Frankensteiner on Twitter posted Siskel and Ebert's review of uh, Home Alone 3. Yeah. Did I you see that? It. I <laughs> where, did, yeah. Where I Ebert, still haven't seen it. but Oh, it's bad. And it's not at Christmas. It, was, <laughs> it, was the, it follows the diehard uh, <laughs> pattern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Ebert passionately argues that it's the superior Home Alone film to the other two. And Siskel Whoa. just like, you can see Siskel's soul like leaving his body as Ebert argues with him about this. And he tries to say that that little boy whose name I don't even remember was a better actor than Macaulay Culkin. And, wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny to watch. So yeah, check that out. Macaulay Culkin's acting does mainly consist of raising his eyebrows up and down. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it is an ingenious performance because it suggests that the director, like, for his performance was a five-year-old. <laughs> my five-year-old is so impressed. He's like, oh, my God, why is he doing that with his eyebrows? I'm like, because he's a little fucking brat. I don't know. What are you, mm-hmm. you like that? You like this? You like this kid? Home Alone, my, my, my five-year-old saw it for the... I think second time this weekend, saw Home Alone 2 for the first time this weekend, and it is now his favorite movie. So. Oh, actually, I was going to ask you, because my older kid has seen Home Alone 2, my younger hasn't, and I was, after listening to your podcast, I was like, would it be irresponsible to show oh, the I younger one Home Alone 2? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, did, I did not remember that it was a fucking kill house. Blood fucking bath. murder box. <laughs> Yeah, like if if you see like a notice next week that I was killed by like a brick (laughs) hurled from the second floor, that's why it's arrest my child. Yeah. (laughs) Caitlin, what a pleasure having you as co-host. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you, follow you, and is there a work of media you've been enjoying? 
You can follow me on mostly on Instagram these days at Caitlin Durante. The big thing I want to plug is the Bechtel cast is going on tour wow. in early February. Oh. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. going to San Diego, San Francisco, Sacramento, Dallas, and Austin. Wow. And if you go to Linktree slash Bechtelcast, all of the details and ticket links are there. So come out and see us live. Mm. And as far as a piece of media I've been enjoying, oh gosh, I forgot to do this one. But speaking of horny Christmas movies, Batman Returns is i think takes the cake i think another great example of like that is both more christmasy than i remembered it and way Mm -hmm. hornier than i remembered so horny (laughs) and also i have a batman returns tattoo brag you know the part where michelle pfeiffer goes into her apartment after she's just been like thrown out of a window and then like nuzzled by a bunch of cats like Uh street cats nuzzled back to life (laughs) nuzzled back exactly (laughs) Um, that's just science and she goes back to her apartment and she has that neon sign that says hello there but she smashes off the O and the T so that it says hell here I have hell here tattooed on my arm oh nice it would have been weird if you were just like (laughs) I've got a Batman (laughs) Returns tattoo it's just Christopher Walken with that Einstein wig. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Chip, isn't it? Doesn't he talk about his son Chip a lot mm-hmm. in that? Or am I thinking of a different movie? No, I think that yeah. sounds right. Doesn't she enter and immediately chug a thing of milk? Yes. I feel like that, that was. Too. Yeah, the milk looks pretty good. And then she makes a really horny costume. The, yeah. Like truly the, wrapped up in that thing like a candy cane. You know, just not a I mean. not an inch of spare anything in there. Just perfectly yes. sealed in. Oh, also, I'll throw out one other piece of media I've been enjoying, and that's Caitlin. I was listening to your "It's a Wonderful Life" podcast. The oh, other thank day, you. And that uh, you really called George Bailey out on his bullshit. So I we would really recommend did. that as well. And that's not a horny Christmas movie. So what's the point? Yeah, that's true. I, I was just watching. So I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. And what? I know it's I just I'm not interested. And I don't blame you. I don't. My family, you. just like it was not in our rotation. We black and white movies were not movies as far as I was concerned when I was a kid. I was just like, well, that's not a it's not a thing I would watch on purpose. Why? Why would that be a thing? So like that the Miracle on 34th Street. We didn't really fuck with, mm-hmm. but I, I watched a scene from it for in preparation for this episode where he is like, it's supposed to be like a scene of flirtation and it was uh, difficult to make it through. Yeah. I don't Is that what passed for charming back then? This, this George Bailey guy just seems like a real dip as my mom would put it. Yeah. I think it, it is framed as uh cute and romantic even though she's like give me my clothes back and he's like give me my clothes back i just turned 18 i was 17 the last time we had a conversation he's like oh wow oh you you were 17 she tells him she's 18 and he's like oh you were 17 just last year she's like yeah i guess if that's what it takes for you to like be into this i think she asks him if that's like too old what is he how old is he supposed to be at that part 
Um, I think he's in his 20s, but he's visibly 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, that's the most romantic scene in the movie is like him screaming an inch and a half from her face. Yeah. Just like yelling at her about yeah. plastic yeah. or something. It's I, I I love parts of that movie, but most of it's unwatchable. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the Bechtel cast episode of It's a Wonderful Life for more brilliant insights. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Work of media. The the Monday morning episode of the podcast, we talked about my loose theory that that Home Alone is about an attempted very late stage abortion. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. So I think I think she wants him gone. I think she wants him out of there. This is my read on that. 1984's George Horwell tweeted, uh, if you aren't happy single, you won't be happy taken. Real happiness comes from the Cheesecake Factory, not relationships. That's Mm -hmm. just, I think, an important thing for all of us to remember at this time of year. Can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page on our website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes. And our footnotes, where we link off the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Super producer Justin Conner. Is there a song that you think people might enjoy? Yeah, uh, in lieu of heavy-handed Christmas-themed music, I'm going to recommend something more my speed. But the title is appropriate for the season. This is a laid-back neo-soul jam called Cold Air by The Hicks, and you can find that song in the footnotes. Footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find podcasts for free. Uh, That's going to do it for us today. We're back this afternoon. I think we're going to put out one of our best of the year, top five episodes of the year and this afternoon and then more fun holiday themed year end themed stuff coming in the coming days. But have a great holiday, everyone. And we will talk to you live in the new year. We'll, We'll see you then. Bye. Happy winter solstice. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.